everyone. Oh, God, that was, wow. that, was a, that was a little too long. <laughs> that was a little too long. Jesus. I was going to see how long I could drag it out for, but uh, whatever. Apparently not that long. Yeah. Nope. I do not have that long capacity. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, welcome to the show. We've got a great episode in store for you today. We're going to give our thoughts on some more horror films, almost definitely some talk about Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever obscure anime game that Austin is playing this week. And our pick of the weeks, we're also going to discuss some Dead by Daylight news and some Pokemon Crown Tundra news. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we'll be sort of halfway doing our first ever spoiler cast and review discussion. Uh, it's going to be on 2018 Spider-Man in preparation for Miles Morales, which comes out in a little under a month. As always, I am your host, the obsessive and miserable Dr. Victor Frankenstein, <laughs> the Bebop man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined by none other than one part of my two co-hosts. That, that sentence sounded better when I was writing it. Uh, one Austin, the modern Prometheus Stevens. What's going on, man? Where uh, where did that nickname come from? So that's actually the subtitle for uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, hang on, I need to make sure that I have this a hundred percent correct. It's either a subtitle or like that's its alternate name. But where am I at her novel? Why did I look up fucking Mary Shelley instead? Hold on real quick. I'm going to grab something from across my room that I'm a yeah. dumbass and forgot to Do grab before I sat down. <laughs> oh, God. Have you ever noticed that switch cartridges leave a really nasty taste on your hand? Uh, No, but yeah, they do. weird and gross and bad. Touch a switch cartridge and then like put the finger that was on the cartridge to your tongue. It'll taste really fucking. They put a, they put like a really. Oh yeah, like I, re- I remember that on. story. I remember that story when the when it was coming out in like 2017. Like Game Informer or, yeah. or somebody ran a story like, don't touch your cartridges because they put some toxic shit on them or something. No, they put like a they put like this non toxic chemical coating over the cartridge. That way kids don't try to like eat that. It's supposed to, the point of it is it's supposed to taste really fucking awful. That way kids don't try to like eat it and swallow them. Like they'll spit it out because it tastes so bad. Gotcha. Gotcha. Look at Nintendo being smart. I know, right? They knew that little babies would try to eat their fucking cartridges. It's unusual for Nintendo to do a smart thing. (laughs) I don't know, man. The Switch is pretty fucking smart. I mean, yeah, if only they just put some better games on it. Oh, Christ. <laughs> At least I, it's not the fucking Wii U. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> you got me there. Uh, I just I just wish it was more than just, like, ports from, like, 2012. Yeah. Very that I've already played on every fucking console I own. Mm. So, so I just looked it up. It Yeah, so it was originally released in uh, three volumes, apparently, and it was called mm-hmm. Frankenstein semicolon or the modern prometheus oh okay i didn't know that yeah fun fun times fun things look at you teaching me things i know i know so we are without dylan today as is uh 
plainly obvious by his absence in the, uh, the audio feed. Lack of laughter. Yeah, right. We we haven't killed him with laughter this. <laughs> uh, so I mean, there's not much bullshitting. Why don't we just go ahead and get into what we've been doing? Let's go, go ahead it. and tell me. Oh man, tell me about Criminal Minds. Oh man, I love that fucking show, dude. It's so good. It, Are you watching it on Netflix? Yeah, I'm watching it on Netflix. Um, I was going through it, and I realized that somehow I skipped, like, season five and six. And I'm not really sure how I fucking did that and never noticed it. Yeah. Because I watched all the way up to season 11. Oh, my. So, yeah, I don't know how I fucking just skipped two whole seasons. So I'm going back, and I'm watching season five and six. And I was like, well, I might as well just start over. Just watch the whole thing. So that's what I'm doing. And I started over like two weeks ago and I'm on season six, I think. Okay. I, yeah, I, I binge that fucking show. It's so good. It's very – and like you can it, it you can fact Holy check shit. the show afterwards and it's very informative. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's – dude, bruh. 15 fucking seasons. It just ended this year. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm still – I'm – I'm hope because I th- I'm pretty sure Netflix only goes up to season eleven or twelve. Mm, okay. I don't think they have the last three seasons yet, which I really hope they fucking add soon because I I would like to see them. But then again, I don't know. Uh, I know the the black guy Morgan leaves at like season nine, and I kind of it was kind of hard for me to care about the show without both Reed and Morgan. Mm, yeah, because okay. they were just probably my favorite dynamic in the show. But it's very informative about the way like different serial killers and and uh, what's the word sociopaths like think and how they're able to rationalize what they do. Mm-hmm. And I like mm-hmm. I like that. I like I like the the cheesy crime dramas. And I feel like Criminal Minds does a really good job at not being one of those cheesy crime dramas. You know? Yeah, I've. I've never really delved into it too much, but every time I've watched it, it's been like a better version of CSI. Yeah, honestly. And I kind of had a hard time watching some of the later seasons because uh, obviously as times go on, uh, television networks start to, they start to kind of allow a little more here and there. Mm -hmm. So the show gets progressively darker and some of the stories get progressively more brutal as the show goes on. And uh, maybe it's because I have kids. Well, no, it's probably 100% because I have kids. But <laughs> any of the shows involving like kid killers or like kid rapists and stuff like those are really fucking hard for me to sit there and watch. Mm, yeah, I, I feel you on that. I watched one uh, a couple months ago. And I had to be up at five and I did not go to bed till three because I was just filled with like raging anxiety after watching that fucking episode. Jesus. Because it was about kids, bro. It just yeah. me up. I was like checking on August every two fucking seconds. <laughs> I was like, I think I heard a window open. So last night we, uh, our horror movie for the night was, um, the house that Jack built. And for the most part, it's very, um, uh, dude, it's that's a weird fucking movie. But yeah. for the most part, it's like all adults. Mm-hmm. And, but there's this one sequence where he kills like a family of like it's a mom and two boys. Mm-hmm. And dude, when he was killing the two boys, it was fucking hard to watch. Yeah, dude. Anything involving kids is rough for me to sit down and watch. Yeah. Madison almost borderline can't even fucking do it. 
Yep, I mean, rightfully so. So, but it's a great show. I have a lot of, I, I watched it in high school, like with my mom. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of nostalgic in that factor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I feel you on that. I guess it's because I don't really have a lot to do with my mom anymore. And it's kind of like that one thing that me and my mom did together in high school. Yeah. So it's kind of nostalgic to me, I guess. Cool. But yeah. it's great. Netflix, hurry the fuck up. Add the rest. <laughs> so I can binge those three seasons too. Uh, so speaking of like nostalgic shows, I began going back down Digimon Adventure. Oh boy, boy, <laughs> it's uh, rough to watch as an adult, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah the the stuff that was really killing me more than like almost anything else was that. How fucking stupid they were. <laughs> like every decision they made was like the worst possible decision they could have made in that, in that scenario. Do I mean, honestly, even that I can kind of like, I can kind of uh, explain away like they're kids and they're trapped in a different world. So maybe, maybe they're having some sort of like anxiety or like really like, their brains aren't functioning properly sort of thing. Yeah. The thing that was fucking killing me is the translation and fucking dub are so fucking bad, dude. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of mistranslation in that show too. Like, Oh, it was, it was fucking horrific. Like I started up, I watched the first episode and I got about like maybe five minutes in. I don't know when, whenever the, the shit starts falling from the sky. And then Izzy's like, oh yeah, this is a meteor. Like bitch, if it were a meteor, you're, you wouldn't be alive. Mm-hmm. The fucking world would have been goddamn destroyed. Like, oh, it was killing me. Mm-hmm. With that said, um, you know, I don't think that this I don't know that it holds up great, but I don't think that it's really bad either. Like I don't I don't Yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. Like, so it for sure has some really bad shit in it that I'm just like, oh god damn it, man. Like the animation <laughs> is literally just the characters. Everything else is just like a Painting like a still background. yeah like a still picture like a still yeah. painting almost yeah and and the animation fucking kills me because it's not really all that intensive either so it mm-hmm. almost feels like it was like a i don't want to say like thrown together but like that's kind of how it feels in some places well you you also gotta think about the fact that the budget for that show literally pretty much strictly came from tamagotchi sales oh yeah for sure so you know they they had a pretty low budget going into season one. Uh, I think as much as I don't really like O2 that much, um, O2 to me is significantly better. Oh, yeah, as far as animation goes, for sure. And the Tamers was phenomenal. Even, I mean, the dub was still pretty bad, but... Yeah. yeah. You can uh, see what they were going for, though. Um, yeah, for sure. You want to know a really gross fact about Digimon Adventure? Oh God! And I'll send I'll, I'll send you the a link to the interview. But uh, a couple years ago, 
a theory started kind of making its round on Reddit um, about the uh, the guy who did who was in charge of like creating the story for Adventure One. And his original intention was for Ty and Kari to be involved in an incestuous relationship. Oh, God. What? Yeah. And he admitted God. that in an interview. Yeah, I'll send you the link to it. It's fucking wild. But oh. what fucks me up is that, like, Ty's, like, 12 and Kari's, like, 8. Yeah, dude. Like, like what the actual fuck? That's not even... <laughs> Incest is one thing. But these are children, man. But you also got to remember, Japanese culture is a little different, and they don't really. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to sound like a fucking racist, but I don't know what Japan's views on incest are. I have to imagine they're pretty much the same as the rest of the fucking world. Yeah. But um, I do know the age of consent is significantly lower than ours. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that Kayla pointed out when we watched Parasite that she she didn't like, but I was like, it's probably like, it's a matter of culture differences, is that like the, uh, pretty much the main character of Parasite kind of starts getting involved with a high schooler. Mm-hmm. He's definitely like college age or maybe even older. Like he should be sort of like in in college or whatever and she's like a sophomore so like there's definitely like a at least like a five-year gap between them and okay so i looked it up the age of consent in japan is 13 yeah so there you go yeah and i think in china um in the mainland of china it's 14 but inside city limits of hong kong it's 16 Mm, okay which is odd but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why that would be the thing. But that, yeah, I, I I explained that to a buddy too, because um, like he's kind of just really getting into anime for some reason at twenty three years old, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Why are all these high schoolers like over sexualized?" And I was like, "It's a cultural difference." Yeah, I was like, "It doesn't mean you have to find it attractive. That's not really the yeah, case." Yeah, that, that's on you, man. If you're <laughs> that's like, on you, G jerking off to eight-year-olds or whatever oh god damn it why did i say that sentence why did i say that you should know all right let's just move on anyway yeah so the the point being that like uh i think some of the stuff that does hold up is like you really sort of immediately get a sense of who these characters are like even within the first couple of episodes and i think that that's really good and i mean i'm gonna run through it again but if it's even remotely close to how I remember it being when I was like in God, this was 99. So I was like in fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. So this shit was like, if it even comes close to how I remember it being like, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. It, it holds up and it doesn't hold up at the same time. Like it's dated, but it's not. I and I think me saying it's not is mostly just nostalgia because like, and uh, again, it goes back to me having kids. Like Josie's super into Digimon right now, mm, yeah. And so like we we just finished we just finished watching Adventure One and we just started Adventure Two. Um, and I can tell even <laughs> it's really funny because I can tell even she doesn't like Adventure Two as much as one. <laughs> <laughs> because every time I turn on Adventure 2, she's like, no, Dad, I want to watch the real Digimon. <laughs> I was like, oh, bro. But she loved the movie. She thought the movie was really cool. Mm, okay. 
That movie's expensive now. Like the Digimon the movie? Yeah, just for a regular DVD, it's like 30, 40 bucks online. Yeah. I was like, damn. Ridiculous. That's I, I that movie's terrible. <laughs> uh okay. Well, with that all said, uh the last thing that you had made as far as content creation goes was a little uh playthrough for Zelda. What's the what's this new stuff you're working on? So I am going to delete my playthrough of Breath of the Wild because it's edited really poorly, and I think I might know what the problem was. Mm. Um, I think that the volume in my headset was too loud, uh, okay, and the gain on my mic was too high, so the echo you hear in the video is my mic picking up the um, is it picking picking me up through my own headset. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that might have been the problem, but also fuck Master Mode and Breath of the Wild. I ain't doing that shit again, dude. Fuck that. <laughs> this shit was so goddamn hard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think tonight I'm gonna sit down and um, I think because I'm I'm hot off of uh, Cyber Sleuth, I actually finished playing it last night. I clocked in at 421 hours. Christ. So um, I finished Cyber Sleuth last night, and I think um. I think I'm going to do a let's play of Hacker's Memory. I think I'm going to do a let's play of the sequel. Okay. Because it's it's not necessarily, I don't know if you've played Hacker's Memory, but it's not necessarily a sequel. Um, you can play it without having played the first one because it actually takes place alongside of the first one. Okay. It takes place from a different character's perspective. That's interesting. I did not know that. And it it starts off with the main character of the game explaining that he's not necessarily the protagonist in the story. He's someone watching on the sidelines that gets involved, that gets kind of tangled in. Mm. And I I don't know. I think that's a really cool perspective to have because you don't really have video games like that too often. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's fully aware he is not the protagonist in the story. Um, like I think there's there's a there's a there's a mission in the first Cyber Sleuth game where you take down a hacker who was being controlled by a uh, by a Growlmon. Okay. And in Hacker's Memory, you actually fight the same hacker like five seconds after the character from Cyber Sleuth does. Oh. Or you fight the same Growlmon. You pretty much you walk in as soon as he's leaving. Interesting. But like the Growlmon wasn't really defeated and it kind of was able to regenerate really quickly. Hmm. And I thought that was really fucking cool. Yeah. So it's like little shit like that. So I'm probably going to do a let's play of it. Um, God, just so much off screen grinding is going to have to take place though. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I don't know. There, There's a gimmick in both Cyber Sleuth games where uh, there's a mega level Digimon you can get called Platinum Numamon. Mm, And its ability is it doubles the experience you gain in battle. So, and there's an, there, it has three equipment slots and there's an item called the tactician USB that doubles the experience your whole party gains in battle. So if you run two platinum Numimon, both with three experience, uh, tactician USBs, ridiculous experience points. I mean, I'm getting like... Uh, if I go, I go back to the last area of the game uh, for grinding, and I think I'm getting 200,000 experience points per battle. Oh, yeah, oh. I'm literally going from like level one to level like 85s in one fight. 
So uh, probably going to have to do that to kind of take advantage of that little gimmick. Yeah. I'm going to have to do... Oh, fuck. It's just a pain in the ass to get the tacticians. It's a fucking pain in your ass. And I'm going to have to do it all over again. <laughs> but Hacker's Memory is cool. And I figured it would be really cool for me to do a Let's Play because I've never actually finished Hacker's Memory. Oh, shit. I always yeah. get to like the second to last chapter. I never actually finish it. finished it. So Interesting. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be doing a live reaction of Hacker's Memory. There you go. So I don't even know. Like, I, I know nothing about the ending. I don't know what the final boss is. I, I don't know anything. So that'll be cool. That'll be a cool little let's play. Um, and then I think as far as other projects, uh, I'm debating about whether or not I want to do some Crown Tundra stuff because I haven't done any of the other Pokemon games and I'm probably not <laughs> going to. <laughs> I don't I don't want to do poke because like I've already finished sword. I've 100 percented sword mm-hmm. um, and Dylan's doing shield. So I don't want to also do shield because that yeah. feels weird. I don't want to fucking do that. Like I, I want to do something different than the content you and Dylan would do. Like I want to be able to bring something different to the table collectively than what you guys are doing. Oh, uh, you don't have to worry about me on that, buddy. Yeah, I know. You're probably going to be doing all kinds of whack shit. <laughs> All kinds of whack shit. So, but um, yeah, that's that's why I haven't done any like Dead by Daylight or anything like that because that feels a lot more, um, that feels a lot more Dylan's territory, and I don't yeah. really want to do that because he's already kind of done that. Yeah, I feel. Like um, but I might say fuck it, and I'm I'm definitely gonna do some Overwatch stuff as soon as I don't suck ass so bad on PC. Oh yeah, dude, it's hard on fucking PC. Nobody warned me. But it's fucking hard. It's way harder on PC than it is on fucking console. Really? Dude, yeah, because I played as my two mains the other night, and I got fucking wrecked for like three straight hours. <laughs> like, I, I play as May. You know how hard it is to not get a kill as fucking May? Uh, yeah. And I didn't get a single kill playing as May. That means you suck. <laughs> if you can't get a kill with one of the most overpowered, like, offensive characters in the game, you fucking suck. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I'll be a bitch and play soldier on PC. Who knows? <laughs> I hate people who main soldier. Just say you only play COD and move on. Right. Main somebody interesting. I, unless Hanzo. If it's Hanzo, then still fuck you. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> I hate people who plays Hanzo. He's such a dick. Oh, man. That's funny. But um, yeah, so far right now, that's the only plan is hacker's memory. Um. I might do I might do the uh, Xenoblade One remaster because I I haven't played it at all yet. I bought it in June and then just never touched it. Yeah. So that might I don't know I might do a live reaction well like a lot like a first time uh, playthrough uh, in a let's play. So we'll see. I don't know. Also depends on how fucking lazy I am. So, <laughs> but Fair that's enough. it as far as that goes. Cool. Well, um, with that said, one of the horror movies that uh, I watched this week was, you know what? I want to talk about one of these other ones a little bit more in depth. So I'm actually going to count this one out. Okay. Uh, So I'll just go over it briefly. It was called Ghost Stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a really good little horror movie. Um, 
it has some really cool things thematically that it says and the end of it, it really ties them all together nicely uh-huh. uh and it's british or uh it's from the uk it might not be specifically british but uh, i think it's worth watch so okay uh the yeah. one that the two that i want to get into um more intimately the first one is the invisible man from this year so this was our movie from okay i was meaning to watch that yeah dude it so it came out in february right uh and it was Mm -hmm. originally so i don't know if you remember this but so universal was going to do a sort of like uh, they called it the dark universe yeah. and it was going to be like a shared cinematic universe that tied all of their, like uh, the universal monsters together, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, blah, blah, blah. And originally Johnny Depp was actually supposed to play the invisible man, but the mummy was the first movie that got released of this new, like universe or whatever. And that was the one with Tom Cruise, and it fucking flopped miserably. So development on all of it stopped, and Blumhouse came in and was like, well, you guys aren't doing anything with this, right? Uh, why, don't, why don't we do it for you? And so they hired Lee Winnell, who was the guy behind... Uh, he wrote the Saw franchise with James Wan, Mm-hmm. Um, he also did the insidious movies with James Wan and the conjuring, but then he started doing like as James Wan, James Wan was kind of like leaving. Like I think after insidious Two, James Wan went off to do, uh, fast six. Yeah. I, I don't remember which fast and the furious movie it, regardless. So they kind of started going their separate ways and Lee Winnell, he, Directed Insidious Chapter Three, which I thought was really good. Um, it's I don't think as good as the first two, but it's still I really enjoy it. Uh, and then he did Upgrade in 2018, which I thought was fucking great, like a really really fun movie. Oh yeah. And uh, then he did The Invisible Man, which came out this year. <clears throat> so the really really good stuff about The Invisible Man is that. Basically, the whole movie is sort of a metaphor for uh, domestic abuse and like the trauma that uh, comes from that. And I mean, that's not really spoiling, to to be honest with you, because it's sort of uh, like laid out in the trailer that that's what the movie is about. But like it informs every little decision that it makes in the movie in in like multitudes of ways like for for instance there are scenes in the movie <clears throat> where elizabeth moss's character will look or or like it'll be following elizabeth moss's character and then she'll enter a room and then it'll just stay in the hallway where she just was with nothing but like blank space like mm-hmm. there's nothing going on at all and then like 
it'll do that. It'll hold on that for like five, six, seven seconds, and then it'll it'll cut to inside the room, or it'll travel into the room with her or whatever. And the movie is filled with those little things. And like, it's obviously a nod because the invisible man is like physical in this. So like it, it's like, he could be there. He could also not be there. What's going on sort of thing. But it's, it's also like a nice visual metaphor for the lingering effects of trauma. Like the trauma doesn't just leave and you may not be able to see it, but it's there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the whole movie works like that. And Elizabeth Moss is, she just fucking kills it. She is wonderful in this. And I, I love her in general. I think she's a really great actress. Uh, kind of sucks that she's a Scientologist, but you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, she's, she's wonderful. And she kind of, she really makes this movie work. I I think if you had like a lesser actress, I'm not sure that the movie works quite as well as it does, but I, I don't know, man, it is probably as of, as of right now, it's probably still my favorite movie of 2020. Hell yeah. And, and I think, uh, it's, it's well worth the watch. If you, if you get the chance, I'll probably check it out. I'll, I'll, I'll watch any horror movie. That's not sinister. I won't watch that movie again in my lifetime. Uh, you should. You should. No, no, I should shouldn't. Give it another shot. The movie's fucking horrifying, and I won't do it. That's uh, Scott Derrickson, right? That's the guy who did, um, uh, God damn it, uh, Doctor Strange, right? Shit, I don't know. You're the fucking horror movie cinephile. You tell me. Let's see. Yep. He also did The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is Fuck that movie. Cool. <laughs> That's a great fucking movie. It's good. Uh, unfortunately he did deliver us from evil and that was not very good i i saw sinister so when i was in high school i had a buddy who was quite like you he was a horror movie cinephile Mm -hmm. and you couldn't come over to his house and smoke unless you watched a horror movie with him because he made you do it every time no (laughs) yeah so imagine me zonked out of my mind Watching Sinister of all fucking movies and losing my fucking brain. Yeah. That shit scared the absolute fuck out of me. And even sober the next day, I was like, yo, yo, fuck that movie, dude. I ain't watching this shit again, bro. <laughs> I watched Insidious 20 times before I watched that movie a fucking again. Yeah. So then we went and saw Sinister 2 in theaters because it came out later that year. Oh. And I screamed so loud at the end of that movie and I yelled so hard that I literally jumped out of my seat <laughs> and into my buddy Johnny's lap who was sat next to me. Mm. And he was like, funny. he was just kind of like, it's okay, buddy. We all get scared. <laughs> he was like, it's okay to be a baby. We understand. Yeah. I was like, I don't watch these fucking movies. I, I don't go out of my way. I have nothing against the horror genre. Um, I'm, I'm, I enjoy a good, a good horror movie every now and then. Yeah. But they're not something that I go that I really always go out of my way to watch. Yeah. So I get freaked out very easily by them. We, uh, God, uh, the same group of friends we saw unfriended in theaters when it came out. Oh Lord. That movie's not scary at all. I actually think that, that it's a terrible movie. What? I thought Wait, it was hang bad. On. Is, 
uh, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Unfriended is the one where it's like it's from the point of view of like a FaceTime the entire yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, they're all like Skyping or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a bad movie. I kind of like that movie. And it wasn't it dumb short because it felt like that shit was only like an hour long. I mean, probably a lot of those uh, like really uh, like easy to make. Oh, I don't want to say easy to make because that's that's unfair. But like those little like but easy to make <laughs> those little like uh, computer yeah horror movies or whatever. They're all relatively short. We we saw that movie and then we got out of the theater. We smoked on the way back to my buddy's house. And we snuck into his basement because we weren't going to go because we were still in fucking high school. We weren't going to go upstairs because his family was asleep and we'd wake him up or whatever. And he lived in the basement. He had pretty much like a basement apartment. Oh, uh, okay. And so we snuck in through the basement and he was going to boot up his computer. He did not tell me that he was turning on his computer and he did not tell me that there was a lag on his computer. <laughs> because he hit the power button. I was on my phone, not paying attention. He went to go to the bathroom and then all of a sudden, all these fucking lights come on, and I'm already high. And I was like, "Oh!" And we had just watched Unfriended, and I was like, "Oh shit, bro!" Like, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna die. <laughs> and I just remember being so fucking freaked out for like a solid five minutes. And he came out of the bathroom because he heard me. He was like, "Dude, what? What happened?" And I was like, your, "Your fucking computer turned off by itself." He's like, "No, it didn't. You fucking idiot! I just turned it on." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit! Yeah, you're probably right." You you probably right, but yeah, I'm, I'm I don't do I no I'm not gonna say I don't do well with horror movies. Um, I just don't watch them enough that I get spooked very easily. Yeah, I feel jump you. scares are not a thing for me. I don't appreciate them. <laughs> they get me every fucking time. Like when I saw the fucking nun, I don't appreciate them. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Fair but, enough. All right. Well, uh, how about you go ahead and tell me, since things are so scary, why don't you tell me about <coughs> that was gross. I apologize uh, about Code Geass. Wow, I'm surprised you pronounced it correctly. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? No, you know what I it know is? some anime stuff. Anime. I can talk big anime. Have, uh, have you ever heard of that show before? Uh, I have heard of it, but I've never watched it. Uh, so I think that Code Geass is probably the best anime to come out of the year 2008. Okay. Um, it's it's a really good show. and um, I'm looking at it right now. I really like the art style. Oh, dude, don't tell Madison that. She fucking hates the art style. Really? Yeah, she hates that show. She won't watch it. She even told me that she thinks she would like it story-wise if she watched it, and she still won't watch it. Oh god. Which doesn't make any sense. She's allowed to be wrong. <laughs> but um basically the whole premise of the show is uh the the entire western hemisphere pretty much uh formed a formed a one government system and uh they called it the Empire of Britannia. And okay. the one of the children of the emperor um cuz you know he's a fucking emperor. He's got like 30 fucking kids with like 30 different baby mamas. That's just how that shit worked. And uh, basically, the main character is his son, and him, his sister, and his mom were attacked by terrorists when they were children. Um, it killed his mom, shot his sister in the spine, which paralyzed her from the waist down. And because of the trauma she witnessed, she had temporary blindness that was caused by basically PTSD. Oh, shit. So she's paralyzed and blind. 
And uh, he gets mad at his dad. He was like, you had to have known this was going to happen and you didn't do anything to protect them. And he kind of got up in his dad's face about it when he was like 10 years old. And his dad was like, all right, you want to be a bitch about it? I'm going to ship you off to another country. I'm gonna. You, you, he pretty much was like, I. You're, he was like, the only worth your sister is to me now that she has no chance of claiming the throne is a bargaining chip. Jesus. So he sends the main character Lelouch, uh, who is amazingly uh, voiced by Johnny Youngbosch, who does a lot of really good fucking work. Um, but he ships them off to Japan and doesn't tell them that about two years after he ships them off to Japan, he actually wages war on Japan to conquer it as a territory. Hmm. Um, they rename it Area 11, and a couple years go by. There, you know, he's in high school. His sister's a little older, and he basically gets wrapped up in a terrorist attack against the Empire of Britannia, and it's Japanese trying to take back their country. Um, a bunch of wild, crazy shit happens that I don't really know how to explain all that well. And he ends up meeting a woman who is this. She she's immortal pretty much. She she's basically a witch that's lived for like three four hundred plus years, and uh, she gives him a power called Gios, and she's given it to multiple people. You meet other people in the show that have it as more or less antagonists. I don't think there's another single character that has it who isn't uh, like a villain to the main character. Um, but basically, each person that receives the power, it's different. The power is depending on what that person desires. So, like, there was, there's one character at the end of the series who his version of the power allows him to see 10 seconds into the future. But each, pow- but each version of the power has a drawback. Like, it has some kind of, uh, some kind of uh, limit, pretty much. Okay. Like, the guy who sees the future, like, it really hurts his eyes. It hurts the shit out of his eye. So he, like, pretty much staples his eyes shut so, he, so it doesn't activate. Um, Interesting. There's one character you meet kind of halfway through season one, and he has the ability to read people's minds. But – and the more you use the power, the more powerful it gets. And so because he's been doing it for so long, he actually can't turn his power off. It's just constantly on. So he's kind of stuck in this hell of always hearing people's thoughts and not being able to turn it off. And it kind of drives him mentally unstable as you kind of think that it would. Yeah. Well, thanks, babe. Sorry, Madison just brought me some food. Um, but the the main character, the main character Lelouch, his power is he can command any person to do any to follow any one order that he gives them. Um, his only drawback is it has to be direct eye contact, and he can only use it on one person one single time. He can't use it on them again after that, no matter how long it's been. And he basically uses this power to infiltrate a terrorist network and actually become the leader of that terrorist network to wage war on his father's empire. And the entire first season is him pretty much going around killing his brothers and sisters. That's interesting. And it's 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 a really dark show. And you kind of get the feeling that he his character reminds me of the dude from fucking Death Note. Uh, light. Yeah, like he had good ambitions, but he started to get a little power crazy with it. Like he became very narcissistic and egotistical. Okay, I feel you. And by, pretty much by the end of the series, he ends up using this terrorist network that grows exponentially, and he ends up conquering the entire world, pretty much, so to speak. Um, 
conquers the entire world under fear and then starts doing a bunch of really fucked up shit to make everyone in the world pretty much hate him. And then he has somebody kill him. So all of the evil and hatred in the world is focused on him. He thinks that by having someone kill him, it can help move the world forward with like peace and discussion over war and violence. So it starts out, he starts out really fucked up, but at the end of the day, he had a pretty good goal in mind. He just killed a lot of people to do it. Oh, okay. But it's a good show. Just check it out sometime. I've seen it way too many times. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the... That the, actually sounds like something uh, Dylan might be into. Oh, God. He watches Sword Art Online, so probably. <laughs> um, but a little cool side note, the, uh, the main character's childhood best friend, who is kind of against him for the entire series uh, is actually voiced by the guy who voices the protagonist of the game. We're going to be talking about today. Ooh, shit. I, he's an incredible fucking voice actor. I think so too. He also does Sasuke and Naruto and that kind of sucks, but yeah, I'm not. That's what it is. I like Naruto, but I'm not crazy about it. Yeah. I, ugh, I don't, I'm not even going to get started on that. <laughs> It's just um, too long, bro. So goddamn long. It's like One Piece, but oh, well, One Piece is actually longer. But One Piece is like twice as fucking long, and I hate that dumbass show. <laughs> I fucking hate that show so much. It's so uh, bad. I don't get how anybody fucking likes that shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. All right. So my my last thing, uh, and this. I actually rewatched after you decided to have a dumbass opinion about it. <laughs> and that is John Carpenter's 1978 classic Halloween. Hold on. I never had a dumbass opinion about it. I just did. Okay, hang what? on. I'm going to you had a real dumbass opinion about it. You said and I quote, "Well, I mean, Oh, I said movie, it was poorly edited. But it's a bad movie. Those were your words. It's a poorly edited movie. No, that doesn't mean it's not. bad. No, it is not, man. All Bro, right. Here. Dude, the first kill he makes, her eyes are open. She blinked. Bro. Yeah. When he chokes that bitch out in the car, yeah. she fucking blinked. Yeah, she's. Bro, oh God, I hate you so much. She <laughs> she doesn't die immediately. Like he's choking her the fuck out, and then he has to fucking stab her, and then you don't uh, like. It's not like her eyes like fucking stay open or whatever. You're talking about the chick in the car, right? Yeah, he's in the yeah. back seat, and he strangles it. Her Ow. head slides down on the fucking. And then he wheel. gets out of the car. He gets out of the car and it pans to the window. And when it pans to the window, she fucking blinked. Bro. She's already dead. You must be making some shit up because that doesn't happen. Okay. All right. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the movie. Maybe I'm remembering it different. <laughs> yeah, because the, the thing that happens is you see her head like slide down on the steering wheel and then... Like uh, it cuts to the outside and the the car horn is going off and then it cuts back inside and he lifts her head up and then the horn stops and it cuts back outside. Okay. Or maybe. All right. You know what? Just for you, I'm going to give the movie a rewatch. All right. Because it's been like two or three years since I've seen the movie. So maybe I'm remembering it differently. 
Okay. So, right. or I'll just look the fucking scene up on YouTube after this. <laughs> but, uh, um, do it. I'm, I, okay. It's not a bad movie. It's a good fucking movie. I just think today's standards, it's hard to watch. I don't think it is at all. I think this is one of those movies that I think completely 100% holds up. Like, really? That, okay. Can't, all right. To, to me, this is a movie that does not, like, there are obvious things that are dated. Like, yeah. no one exactly has fucking, like, house phones anymore. Everyone just uses their fucking cell phone. Yeah. That's that's the way it is. You know what I mean? Or, Those are the, like, the obvious things. Yeah, like, the I mean... Yeah, the obvious shit. Like, well, even even Halloween to an extent. Like, nobody really fucking goes trick or treating anymore. Like, it, it just they, they do. No, hang on, hear me out. They do, but they go to like the mall. You know what I mean? Like, I I almost like. I don't know about that living, one, sir. I take my kids every year. Well, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's different for you, but like, me and Kayla have been living in this particular like townhome for at least two years it, yeah let's see no it, it, it for two for sure is two years because we we moved in the may after we started dating so it would mm-hmm. have been the may of 2018 how yeah, long you guys have been together longer than that uh well we we started dating in march of 2017 oh okay yeah so all right. Well, anyway, so we've been living here for f- two years, almost three, and there are definitely kids in our neighborhood. None of them have come to knock on our door. And really? Admittedly, we're like a small neighborhood or whatever, but like in the two years we've been here, that has never happened, not once. That's crazy. And when That's I so lived, weird. When I lived in the apartment complex uh, by myself, I, I actually lived in two apartment complexes mm-hmm. by myself. Never fucking happened. No one came and knocked on our doors. That's so weird. But when I was working at the mall, people took their fucking kids to the mall. That's what happened. That's how yeah. the trick or treated. It wasn't like going to from house to house anymore. So, What mall did you work at? I, I worked at the uh, the outlets up in Dawsonville. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, maybe that's just because I don't know. Maybe that's just because I don't. I've never really seen somebody trick or treating in like a townhome neighborhood or like a like an apartment complex. Yeah. Uh, so so maybe maybe there is that, and like I've never really lived in like a like a actual like neighborhood neighborhood. I I just find the richest neighborhood close by, and I take my kids there. <laughs> Because they get off the There's a place called the Preserves in Flyery Branch. Uh-huh. That's where I take them every year because okay. we get fucking loaded. There's always some dude out there, too, that has treats for adults. Oh, nice. And it's uh, apple cider and vodka. Oh, he, does it, he does it every fucking year. Well, I'm going to go to that guy's house. <laughs> Honestly. Um, Although I don't think anyone's trick-or-treating this year. Yeah, no. Probably. Which kind of sucks. I'm really upset about that, but I, I get it. Yeah, same, yeah. same. And, um, well, anyway, so, yeah, like, with, with the ex- obvious ex- exception of stuff that was, like, in the 70s and is just not around anymore, yeah. I think Halloween is one of the few movies that completely holds the fuck up. There aren't mm-hmm. references that date it. Like, 
I, I, I mean, there, I guess kind of is with like the use of, uh, don't fear the reaper in the music, but I mean, that's a classic rock song now and everybody knows it. If they don't know it as a classic rock song, they know it as like the fucking stupid ass sketch from SNL, the, the more cowbell sketch. I love I mean, that song. And you're talking about the song by Blue Oyster Cult? Yeah, yeah. I love that song. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, so I there there aren't a whole lot of things that date it. I And the performances from almost literally everybody in the movie is mm-hmm. great. The The only ones that I would maybe take exception to are the, the children. I don't yeah. know that the children are exceptionally good, but I mean, they're in it so little that it's like... It almost doesn't even matter. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. and they kind of just act like kids. Like, they're not asked to do too much. Yeah, which is but, fun. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, every fucking time I watch this movie, it's my... I don't know if I stated this before. I am a little bit biased. It's my favorite horror movie of all time. Yeah. But I think that that's... That all these things that I'm saying about it is what makes it my favorite. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go too in depth with like analysis and shit like that because I do plan on making a video about this movie. Okay. But there are just, there are so many really great and interesting things in this movie. I think it is wonderfully shot like i mean john carpenter is probably my favorite horror director i think that every single one of his movies just looks beautiful yeah i agree the dude knows how to fucking like like use the camera like Mm -hmm. he, he just really does yeah i think the music is fucking great i think that like i said most of the performances are really great i there's just nothing in this movie that I think really is bad to me. Okay. So, I mean, that's um, fair. I, and it is, I do think it's a fantastic movie. Um, other than that one issue I had that I, apparently I'm remembering differently. I I promise you, you are. Okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll give it another watch (laughs) and I'll, I'll, I'll figure that out. But, uh, um, it, it is probably my favorite horror movie that I've ever fucking seen. Um, well, really, I don't know. I guess more of a slasher film. I don't know. It's not really a scary movie. Yeah. Um, I'm sure in its time, in, in its original time of release, I'm sure it was a fucking terrifying movie. But, you know, nowadays, probably not so much. We've seen way fucking worse than that movie. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it's a great movie. Um I think the 2018 sequel was all I that movie was fucking fantastic. I think that movie's great. The the 2018 one? Mhm. Yeah. I I honestly off the top of my head, I can't think of a single gripe that I really have with that film. I have some problems with that movie, but <laughs> <laughs> what, what what are some of your issues with that movie? Uh Out I don't really want to go into it either cuz that that'll be like another like Okay. All right. But one of the, my biggest one is the writing. I don't think that the writing is as tight as it could be. Really? Uh, and I think that the the whole conceit of getting Michael and Lori to sort of meet is really contrived. And I think that it is like 
one of the worst quote unquote twists in mm-hmm. any horror movie I've ever watched. I think it is actually fucking bad. Really? But, but it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the overall experience for me. Like I, if I had to like rate it on like uh, a scale, like a, a 10 point scale or whatever, I'd probably put it somewhere in like the eight range. Yeah. I still think it's really good and I enjoy the hell out of it. But like I, I they're, the writing in it, I don't think is as strong as it could be. Okay. Well, that's fair. Plus, plus I mean, so I've been listening to this, this podcast that is like, they take these, uh, they started with Halloween and then they moved on to nightmare and now they're doing Friday the 13th, but they have, they basically do one gigantic, like three or four hour long podcast, on one specific movie within a franchise once a month sort of thing. Yeah. And, uh, I was listening to them and now that like, I kind of see it, uh, or now that they said it, I kind of see it that the plot for 2018, they kind of did in 98 with H2O. Mm -hmm. So, even on that front, like it's less original, so that kind of sucks. But I, it is what it is. I, I like the movie. Um, I have my problems with it, but yeah, yeah, I know, I I understand. I feel that. All right. Well, uh, you've been reading manga. What what you've been reading? <sighs> Boy, what haven't I been trying to fucking read? <laughs> Honestly, I um. <clears throat> I kind of started reading Demon Slayer again. Um, Demon Slayer is fucking fantastic. I would almost rather read it at this point than watch the anime. Um, I was reading Boruto. I stopped reading Boruto because it got really fucking bad. And I don't give a shit what anyone says. That was a cash grab and it should have never fucking happened. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it would have been cool for like a one movie spinoff and that's fucking it. The rest of it is garbage. Mm-hmm. And even people were, um, even people are saying like a, a good, First of all, I think it's absolutely fucking asinine that the f- second chapter of the manga doesn't fucking start until episode 78. That's ridiculous. It took 78 episodes worth of fucking plot filler bullshit and nobody fucking gave a shit about for them to, do, to get to the second chapter of the manga. Yeah. <laughs> By that point, nobody cares, dog. Nobody cares anymore at that fucking point. But uh, that aside, people defend the anime. They're like, well, the, the manga's good, bro. Just wait till it gets to the manga. No, no, even the manga is also shit. So this is just going to be worse. And it, it, it was a fucking cash grab that should have never fucking happened. Um, but there are some other really good uh, shonen animes that are not getting treated like such shit, like My Hero. The My Hero manga is popping the fuck off right now. Yeah. I... I also really appreciate that there are a lot of mangas that do one chapter a month. Chapter is like 15 pages, and I'm waiting a month every fucking chapter. But um, My Hero is doing it a little bit differently. They're actually releasing a chapter every Sunday. Okay. So, um, and I use... um, I guess unsponsored plug, but um, I use the Shonen Jump app to read all my manga and it's a dollar a month and they have every manga that shonen jump has ever done 
Oh, shit. Um, they have and they do regular releases. They have Demon Slayer. They have Boruto. They have My Hero. They have the new Dragon Ball manga that's releasing. I mean, they're just they're fucking fantastic. And for a dollar a month, like what the fuck are you missing? A dollar? You know what I mean? To watch all the to read all these translated mangas for literally a dollar a month. Um, but yeah, that's that's honestly the best one I've been reading so far is is My Hero. My Hero's popping the fuck off right now. I'm really excited to see what's going on in the manga right now. Be animated. Um, I think you should start that show because I think it's a fantastic show. It is a little cringy at times, though. I'm not going to lie. The dialogue is a little rough. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it, but yeah. It's good. But that's pretty much it. Cool. That's all I've been up to, dog. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and transition over to our topic of. Hell yeah. Uh, 2018 was a gigantic year for games. Between the heavy-hitting stories of Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War, the narrative front was covered. There were also two gigantic collectathon checklist-type games in Assassin's Creed, Odyssey, and Far Cry 5. Indie games flourished with wonderful little titles like Dead Cells and Celeste Bingo amongst big AAA titles for Game of the Year. And that's not even mentioning the really fantastic Tetris Ultimate, the addictive madness of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Wait, did I say Tetris Ultimate? I meant Tetris. Yeah, you did. Te- yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, or the impeccable looking racer Forza Horizon 4. All those were fantastic games, but for me personally, and I think, I, I don't remember if you shared this opinion or if it was Dylan, there was one game that just hit different that year, and it was Insomniac's open world superhero title, Marvel's Spider-Man. I, I think it was me. Spider-Man okay. was Spider-Man was undoubtedly my favorite game of 2018. Same, same. It was so good, dude. So I'm replaying it right now. Ooh, shit. Not like currently at this moment, but yeah, yeah. That's the um, game I'm trying to currently play through. With our third chair out this weekend, or this week, I should say, and with Spider-Man Mobs Morales right around the corner, we thought it would be a good idea to do a little bit of a deep dive on the 2018 Classic. So that's what we plan on doing for you. Um, I have this set up in a structure. uh, Like, I I went through and did, like, little story beats. We don't have to go through those beat by beat. Um, Mm -hmm. I more or less just want to get our impressions on everything, and I wrote the beats down uh, on just to kind of give us a refresher. Yeah. Uh, but I want to start with your overall impressions of the game. Uh, my overall impressions. Um, so um, I'm pretty sure the beginning of the year, uh, 2018, that was actually the first time I ever purchased a PS4. Okay. Um. And then I saw that Insomniac uh, was, you know, working on a Spider-Man title, and I was intrigued. I I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite. Uh, he's not my favorite superhero in general, but he's definitely my favorite Marvel superhero in general. Yeah. Um, as far as superheroes goes, as as fucking basic as I feel like it is, uh, Batman is by far my favorite, just because of how psychological and how deep some of his stories get. Um, mm, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe we'll do a deep dive of Arkham eventually. Probably not. It's too old at this point. Nobody cares anymore. Um, but so when I saw they were doing Spider-Man, I was like, oh shit, like I bet that's going to be really good. And then my PS4 broke 
So I didn't, it broke like July of that year and it took me until December to get a new one because I bought one off of a homie. And uh, that's the first game I picked up was Spider-Man. And I was like, okay, I got two weeks because I I was working at the same place that I am now. And uh, we actually get the last, we get the last, the last week of December and the first week of January paid off. Like that's just the company thing. Like we just get that because that's when they do like all the big maintenance on all the machines and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent the entire two weeks, uh, playing through Spider-Man and it's, dude, it's one of the, I had so much fun in that game. I hadn't had fun in a single player game like that in a long time. And I have to give that game credit for actually bringing me back to single player games. Um, mm-hmm. everything about it was phenomenal to me. The, the, the voice acting I think was done really fucking well. Um, the, the, I like I like how original the story was. It, it wasn't because I kind of I kind of was worried that they were just gonna take from this story and this story and this story and this story and mash it up into one incoherent uh, 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 plot. But they didn't. It, it, it was a completely original story with with all these characters that we 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 were already accustomed to and we've been accustomed to for years. And, and I thought that that was really refreshing. And yeah, the Arkham games did the same thing, but a lot of what happened in every Arkham game is pulled from all these different Batman stories and being coherently or sometimes incoherently uh, meshed into one narrative. And that's not what happened with Spider-Man. And I think that's why I appreciated the game as much as I did and why I still appreciate the game as much as I do. Like I said, I'm, I'm replaying it right now. Um, the only issue... I really have with the games is I'm not a fan of the Mary Jane and Miles sections. I just don't care about it. I don't fucking care about it at all. Okay. Um, I I get why they're there, but it's not something I enjoy. (laughs) But you were saying something going. Oh no, I was just saying I, I, uh, I, I don't find those, those sections as egregious as a lot of people did. Yeah. A lot of people really fucking hated them and I didn't mind them all that much. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. I think that they're fine. I don't think that they are as good as the Spidey stuff, but, uh, I also just don't think that they're as bad as a lot of people mm-hmm. have to be. Uh, cause I remember reading reviews and like hearing, shit online from people that was like yeah these are so out of place and blah 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 and admittedly they are a little bit out of place compared to like what you're doing as Spidey because they're like Mary Jane's and well actually Miles also both of those are more kind of like stealth based and like yeah I think you have a couple of those um uh, God, I'm trying to think of words right now. Uh, I think you have a couple of those game sections um, in uh, Peter's storyline, but they're not as like, like I mean, they're not Mary as James, they're not as prominent. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. um, I see what you're saying. Uh, I think that that's where a lot of people really got upset with them about is like their that that's what they are. There's n- nothing else to their gameplay other than, you know, yeah, are. I see that. 
uh, the I definitely see that different types of gameplay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, but with with that all said, uh, I think that the game is fantastic. It was my favorite game of 2018. Uh, I don't know that I really have any problems with it whatsoever. Uh, if I'm being honest, I. I, yeah, I, I don't think that I do. I think it was, I, I really do. It was my favorite game of 2018. And yeah, I I can't think of really right now off the top of my head, like while I'm going back through like my time playing with it, I don't think that there was a whole lot that I disliked about it. I think the only thing I disliked were some of the, um, uh, like some of the challenge missions were kind of obnoxious to try to get the highest score on. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I feel you. What else? There's a, there was something else that I fucking hated about the I game. I do think that the uh, the who was it? I think it might have been Taskmaster. Um, yeah, some some of his little side missions definitely annoyed the piss out of me. Yeah, that's those are the ones I was talking about. But were the Taskmaster ones? They were fucking obnoxious. Yeah. But uh, other than that, dude, I don't really – I don't want to say it's a perfect game, but fuck, dude, it's kind of close. Yeah, I, I – Honestly, it's, it's kind of fucking close. Um, it, it's really hard for me to think of something I disliked about that title. Yeah, I agree. Um, so with that said, why don't we – I mean – we'll go ahead and we'll get into the characters because they're really the biggest part of this game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So Peter Parker, uh, we know and love from the comics and the movies and shit, but he was played in this game by, uh, you alluded to this earlier, Yuri Logenthal. Mm-hmm. And fantastic I, fucking voice actor, dude. I had not honestly known of him before this, if I'm being completely really, yeah, so Damn. this was the first time I uh, I had ever like heard him in anything, and I think he is wonderful. Oh, dude, absolutely, he is absolutely wonderful. He's a fantastic fucking voice actor. He he always does such a good job at really like making you. It's he puts a lot of emotion behind his voice. Like you yeah. really feel the the atmosphere of the scene that he's in because of how much emotion he puts behind his voice. And there aren't really a lot of voice actors in gaming and anime that do that. Yeah, I agree. So in the rare times that we get that, it's fucking appreciated. But yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. He, I think by far was my, my favorite character in the game. Uh, and that I don't want to say that that is taking away from the other characters by any means, because I think the other characters we'll get into in just a second are are equally as great. But Yuri Lowenthal's performance really endeared me to Peter a lot. Oh, yeah. And, uh, really, really. Um, what's the uh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to. Uh, say it, but really, I guess, like, got me emotionally invested into the story. I guess that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. W- whereas, I'm not sure that I would have, uh, you know, otherwise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, but the, uh, the heroine or the, uh, I guess the second lead 
of the game it was Mary Jane, obviously, and she was performed by Laura Bailey, who is a very well-known and respected. Why does that name sound so familiar? What else is uh, she? Doing? She, I mean, she's in every fucking thing. She was in. Um, who was she in? Last of Us Part Two. Abby, that's who she was. Oh, okay. Uh, but she, God damn it, who she's in? Like literally everything, man. Uh, let me pull something or pull up her IMDb real quick. Because, like, I'm I'm not shitting you. She's in literally everything. Yeah. Like, video game related. I'm looking it up too. Uh, so she was Kate in Gears Five. Um. Oh yeah, she's Black Widow in uh the new Avengers game. Okay, I hear it. And yeah, she was in. She did Catherine and and Catherine Full Body. I wonder if she was in the original one. Huh. That's got me wondering now. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so she's in like a, a ton of shit. Yeah. Um. I thought she was fine. The thing about Laura Bailey is. And I've said this about Troy Baker is I think they are good. I think they're overrated and I don't need to see them in every fucking thing. Who did she, who the fuck did she play in Naruto? Uh, no fucking clue. Like, Oh I, shit. Okay. That's where, okay. She, um, she played Naruto's mom. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. That's really fucking cool. Huh? And, wow, she actually has been in a lot of fucking anime now that I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah, she's she's in a ton of fucking anime. Hmm, that's really fucking cool. So, uh, with that said, um, I don't think that there's anything especially particularly uh, amazing about her performance or the character in general. Like, yeah. To me, just feels like a like a Mary Jane, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I like her, and uh, I liked the. I really liked the sort of um, uh, adult take. Uh, we didn't talk about this with Peter, but the sort of more like um, you know mid twenties sort of uh, flavor that both of these characters had going on. Like, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the game, it said that like Peter had been Spider-Man for eight years at this point. So I really liked the idea of having these characters be a little bit older than like teenage Peter Parker and teenage Mary Jane. Cause I feel like we've seen that a billion fucking times before. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the next character I got written down was Aunt May, who was played by Nancy Lanary. Uh, I don't have much to say about her other than I think that her story and how it ties in with Peter's is a really wonderful little, uh, like emotional through line throughout Mm -hmm. our game. And, uh, Nancy Lanary, I hope I'm saying that right. Does a really serviceable job in, getting you to feel that particular way. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know, man. Like 
I'm looking at the list of voice actors for for the game right now, and not too many are familiar. Now that you mention it, Laura Bailey is dumb fucking familiar because she is in everything I've ever fucking watched. It feels like. <laughs> um, I actually just noticed she actually plays two characters in Code Geass. Oh, interesting. Um, she was in the Boruto movie. She played Supergirl in Injustice Two. Holy shit, she is literally in everything. Yeah, she's like the fucking Mark Hamill of anime and video games. <laughs> That's also. I just want to point out, she was fifteen different characters in the 2017 Spider-Man TV series. Oh, holy shit! That's fucking ridiculous. Um, a little ridiculous. But I have to, you know, give props to fucking Insomniac because they did a super good job. I, I don't really feel like there was a single character in the game whose voice was misplaced. Yes, I agree. Um, I think, I don't know, I uh, maybe Norman Osborn. I didn't really, uh, we saw, we, I feel like we saw so little of him in that game. It's kind of hard to really judge that. Yeah, agreed. Um. So, so the last three on here are probably, I guess, the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, William Sailors was daughter, uh, do- yeah, daughter, Doctor <laughs> Otto Octavius or Doc Ock. Yeah. Uh, Stephen O. Young as Martin Lee and Travis Willingham as Wilson Fisk or Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to say much about him because he's not really in the game all that much outside of like the first. Yeah, and a phone call here and there. Yeah. So, uh, and he, he's fine. I think Travis Willingham is a good actor. Uh, but Stephen O. Young and William Sailors, I think are really, really good. It's especially, uh, Doc Ock. Oh yeah. I, I think that his performance is really, really fucking something special. And Mm -hmm. just like, uh, Nancy Lanieri with uh, Aunt May, I think really ties into the emotional narrative for Peter a lot. And yeah, I, I really like him. I really fucking like him. I, when I played through the game the first time, I was surprised at myself that I I went in with no spoilers whatsoever. Um, And the game had already been out for like two months at that point. So I was surprised I was able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sure. I was not expecting that ending. <laughs> yeah. No. Did not see that shit no, coming at, not all. at all. Um and Which is really interesting considering, you know, I mean, uh, we didn't say spoiler alert, but I mean, this is a review discussion sort of thing and spoiler cast, so Yeah, so uh, here's a warning now, along, I guess. Yeah. Uh so, I really know what you thought listening to this, but <laughs> So the 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 weird thing for me was like, I knew at some point he was going to become Doc Ock, right? Yeah, of course. I just didn't know that it was going to happen in this game because the way that they build up the relationship between him and Peter, it really is like a nice little like mentor mentee sort of deal. Yeah, and I agree. I didn't. I really didn't think that they would pull the rug out from underneath us like that and have him be, you know, that, that fucking guy, (laughs) you know, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man, like the, I mean, we can go ahead and I, I guess kind of go over the story a little bit. Uh, but basically as a quick rundown, Peter, Takes down Kingpin. 
who is kind of like the criminal or whatever. Yeah. And of course. King Kingpin is uh as he's put away, he kind of warns Peter that there's something else out there. They find out that it's this guy the this band of people known as the demons, who's led by Dr. Negative. They're searching for something called Devil's Breath, which uh ends up being a sort of virus. Um and they basically shut the shut the city down and uh sable has come in and they're sort of a paramilitary security force and they're supposed to bring everything under control but that doesn't happen and so eventually spidey stops lee and grabs the the virus or whatever and uh the the devil's breath virus is stolen again but Spidey can't get to it because there's a breakout of Rikers Island and he has to help contain that. And he finds out that Doc Ock, after all of this, like throughout the game, every little interaction you have with Doc Ock is like this nice little sort of father son relationship sort of thing going on. Mm -hmm. And you find out that like, he is the one who started the outbreak or the, the riots or whatever. Yeah. He has actually broken out, you know, the sinister six or whatever. And so then the rest of the game, you're sort of like fighting against time to, to kind of find a cure for the, the devil's breath. And you're also trying to defeat the sinister six. And then, um, it ends with this rooftop battle between Spidey and, and doc Ock. And, the the two threads that I mean, so there's there's the nice little stuff between uh Officer Davis, I think is his name, if yeah. I remember correct. Jefferson Davis. Yeah. So between him and Peter, that whole little mission right before you know you meet Miles and 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 Officer Davis dies. Yeah. But and that that has a little bit of weight that carries on Peter because you know the whole responsibility angle but the two through lines for me across everything even though like Mary Jane is like the love interest and blah 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 the two through lines uh, are for sure the relationship between uh, Peter and Dr. Ock and Mm -hmm. Peter and Aunt May yeah and those are the two that really hit me emotionally the hardest, mm-hmm. especially I don't usually cry in games, but like I really, really got like heartbroken at the end when Peter is forced to make the decision between trying to save Aunt May with what is a very limited amount of the virus and the responsibility he has for the city of New York and mm-hmm. how he has to come to that decision. And yeah. I'll I'll be fucking honest, man. I I cried like a little fucking baby. Oh hell yeah, I did too. Like I played through the game twice, and uh, so far, and I, I've cried both times. Yeah, so I'll, and, I'll probably cry the third time. <laughs> right? You know, it's fucking heartbreaking. Because mm-hmm. you could really, and it all goes back to 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 Yuri being a phenomenal voice actor. Like you could really hear, he did such a good job at bringing the pain in his voice. Yes, I I agree with that 
And and the same thing for the voice actress that played Aunt May. You could hear the you could hear the love and endurance in her voice in that scene. When yes. when he he's going to he's trying to decide whether he's going to plug the, the the bottle up to her IV, and she she says you know take your mask off. I want to see my nephew one last time. And I was like, oh god damn, yeah. Yeah, like you, you could, uh, right. it was so good. Just they they both brought so much to that fucking scene that I don't know that any other voice actor or and voice actors would have been able to do that scene justice the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And uh, to be honest with you, I kind of feel very similarly about uh, Doc Ock and Spidey. Like, yeah, the end where they're fighting and. You kind of understand that, like, this is Octavius, this is Otto, mm-hmm. but it's also, like, a different version of him because of the, the neural network and the and the arms. Yeah. So, like, it's him, but it's not him. And there's that, that sort of, like, moment where, at the end, where he kind of breaks down with Peter and is like, listen, it's me, like, you, you got to help me sort of thing and that really fucking got to me also mm-hmm. and i think that that is definitely due to like like you were saying yuri lowenthal and and william sailor's fucking voice acting like they're phenomenal oh yeah by far excuse me you're excused boy <laughs> um so yeah uh i mean it, it is there anything in particular you want to say about the story? I like we ran through it pretty quickly, but yeah, we did. Um, dude, the only thing I can say about that story is if you haven't played it yet and you own a PlayStation, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Um, it, it's a really fucking great game. Honestly, I would go as far as to say that not only was that game, my favorite game of 2018, I think that that is a staple of 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 this current generation i agree i agree. i I, abs- I think it's right up there with exclusives like uh, although i'm not a big fan um <laughs> it, I, it's right up there with the last of us uh, well last of us came out on ps3 but like part two um it's right up there with the last of us part two and god of war like they are staples of this current generation yeah, i agree they, those, those are the games that i uh, no, I did. I also didn't finish God of War, um, and I'm probably not ever going to. Uh, but <laughs> it's hard to imagine what this current generation would have been like without those games, because the, I, I genuinely feel like, as far as PlayStation goes, that's what made this generation were those games. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I don't know how anyone's not played it. It's so fucking good. And I, I am, I am so excited for Miles Morales. Um, they keep dropping little, little. They keep dropping little images of some of the new suits that are going to be available, and they all look fucking phenomenal. And I, I know, I know that it's not a full length game. I'm well aware of that, but I'm still excited for it nonetheless. And I still coming off of, coming off of of 2018 Spider Man, I, dude, I, I, I don't know where they would go in the story from this point. Um, the only thing I know that I want from a Spider-Man sequel is I want more Miles Morales. I want to see Venom and I want to see the Green Goblin because I think Insomniac could really do those two characters justice. Yeah. Agreed. In ways that Spider-Man games I don't feel like have yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the last thing we should probably cover is like the gameplay. And I've got four little bullet points down here, but the, the first one is something that kind of ties together with the side missions, which is the last one that I, I, mm-hmm. uh, put on the, um, the docket or whatever. Yeah. And it's the sort of like checklisty type of like Ubisoft gameplay. I yeah. personally fucking love that shit. Like when I go to play a far cry or, or an assassin's creed, which I haven't in years, but like when I go to play one of those types of games, like I love ticking boxes off the checklist. You know what I mean? It's hit or miss for me. Okay. Okay. It depends on the game really. So if, if I had to level one gripe with the game, like one significant gripe with the game, it would be that some of the checklisty stuff gets really repetitive, and that yeah, it awesome. does. Like, there's only, and, and this is really where the side mission stuff comes in. There's only really a handful of variations on what you're supposed to do, and even then, mm-hmm. the variations are are sort of, uh, I mean, they're like just a new coat of paint on the same thing, if that makes sense. So like, Oh no, I agree at the, at at the beginning of the game, obviously you, you know, you have to chase uh, a certain number of criminals down within a district. And then once Sable comes in, it's sort of the same thing, but like now they added in like that. It's uh, like Sable officers or whatever, or when the convicts escape, it's the same fucking thing, but now it's convicts doing it. Mm-hmm. So like they're I liked doing those things and it didn't bother me, but if I had to level a criticism, it's it, it is repetitive. I it's just yeah, the same thing again and again and again. So they're they're all the same type of enemies, just in different clothing. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, at the end of the fucking day. Exactly. And even then I, fe- I felt like a lot of the boss fights were pretty repetitive because it all um most of the boss fights, just with the exception of like Shocker and and Vulture, Shocker, um, uh, Electro and Vulture, because I think theirs were noticeably fucking different than the rest of them. Yeah, that's uh, the one where you have to fight the both of them together, right? And it's yeah, in the in the sky. Yeah, you got to do it like an aerial. And it, yeah. it, it, I thought those that boss fight was incredible. Um, but even Scorpion and Rhino, like a lot of the boss fights in the game were pretty much uh web him up swing to him beat the shit out of him dodge web him up swing to him beat the shit out of him dodge yeah yeah and taskmaster is guilty of the same shit it's it's dodge uh web shooters swing to him attack dodge like it's it's this and that was kind of my only big that was kind of my biggest gripe in the game is i felt like some of those boss fights could have done more with the characters that they had to work with. Like they could have done some cool fucking shit with Rhino. Yeah. But no, yeah. Were, well, no, I guess they kind of did. Cause with Rhino, you pretty much had to lure him to a certain spot and like pull shit down on top of him. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> you had to Excuse me. get him to like get shit to crash on top of him. Yeah. 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 And that was the only way you could deal damage to him. And then, but Scorpion from what I can remember is pretty much the same rinse and repeat cycle that every other boss was. Yeah, yeah. I Even Doc Ock was guilty of the same shit. 
Yeah, Doc Ox is, I feel like, a little bit more involved because he's able to do multiple different things, whereas a lot of the other... Uh, yeah, and, and it's also the final boss of the game, and it's meant to be this really impactful and, like, cinematic moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and like you said, if I had to give the game some criticism, it's probably, I feel like some of the boss fights could have been handled better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Maybe they uh, fix that in Miles Morales. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see for sure. Uh, how do you, since we're talking about the the boss fights, how did you feel about the combat system? Um, it was a copy and paste from Rocksteady. Yeah, that, I feel the exact same way. It's it it very was. Much, uh, it, it felt very similar to all the fucking Arkham titles and all the. <sighs> fucking degenerate xbox diehard fanboys use that as a fucking crutch <laughs> well why would i put spider-man when i can play batman because it's the same combat system fucking stupid um but uh yeah i know I, and i'm saying that and i do love my xbox more than the ps4 but you you fucking xbox dick riders need to chill out <laughs> you're all fucking stupid at the end of the day um yeah Anyone that Dick rides a console is fucking stupid at the end of the day. Um, well, I'm not going to say that. Dick, dick riding and fanboying enough to hate other people for liking a console, for liking another console is fucking stupid. Yes. Um, but to back to my point, um, yeah, I felt like it was just a, it was just a copy and paste of, of, of what Rocksteady had done in four, in four of their titles, or I guess three, because Montreal did Origins, that terrible game. That uh, that really underrated game. Mm, overhyped. Uh, well, uh, no, I wouldn't say overhyped. I don't think it's allowed to be wrong. It's okay. I wouldn't say overhyped. I, I think I'm in the majority when I say I didn't like the game. Yeah, I th- you definitely are in the majority. No, and I'm not even going to say I don't like it, dude. That that's not it. Um, it had problems that I feel like the other three didn't have. Uh, such as. Uh, mostly it was buggy as hell. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's a fair criticism. Well, like a you lot said of people, last time I fought about it, we fought about it. I also, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I forgot that that even happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> I know, dude, we're, we're on like fucking what episode, technically episode seven. I mean, if we want to count even the failed episodes, we're probably somewhere in like the, the teens yep. at this point. Hmm. Yeah, because we had th- we've had three failed episodes. So yeah, this is technically our tenth time recording. <laughs> Jesus. Holy fucking shit, dude! And we're uh, not making any money yet. No, we don't make no, money. Not yet, because there's only four people listening to this right now. For real. So go share it with your friends, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Jesus. <Christ. laughs> uh, yeah. So that uh, I mean, what you said is correct. I think that the combat system was copied and pasted from Rocksteady mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in the Arkham games, uh, and I don't think that that's necessarily a problem. To be honest with you, I think that it it, it is and it's not. I, oh yeah. It, so it is in the fact that it's like you you could have done something different, but yeah, at the time it's like it, if it's it not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So. Boy, I'm just burping a lot tonight. Yeah, man, what the hell have you... Why are you got so much gas, bro? I this fucking beer that I drank. Ah, damn, what are you drinking? Uh, 
some good shit. That's what I'm drinking. Um, I wish I had pineapple juice, bro. I'd be making cocktails right now. <laughs> Dude, I make a mean fucking cocktail. Uh, you, may, you make all right cocktails. Uh, a fucking pineapple juice, grenadine, coconut rum, and Tito's vodka, and just a little bit of Sprite for carbonation. Ooh, shit. Fire. Fire. Uh, I make that shit on a nightly. <laughs> All right, the last thing uh, that I've got here is the is the open world design, and uh, I think that this is a perfectly fine open world. I don't have anything really bad to say about yeah. it. Um, I, I guess again, if if I'm being forced to level a criticism at it, I think that everything is noticeably on a sort of like uh, a timer sort of thing. Like there aren't dynamic things that happen within the world like in red dead for instance which came out the same year you could happen upon a deer yeah. out, in, out in the forest that if someone is doing the same exact thing that you're doing as arthur in that game they might not run across that deer or mm-hmm. you, you know what i mean yeah I, I feel like the open world in this is very scripted and i don't I don't, again, think that that's necessarily a problem. It's just, like, if I'm forced to level a criticism at it, that that would be it. It's definitely it's definitely better than what I think the open world was in the Arkham titles. Uh, I would say, for the second two specifically, I don't really feel like... Arkham Asylum is an open world. I mean, I, no, I guess technically I don't it is. Either. I see yeah. what you're saying, though. So, but the other two for sure are like 100% open world titles, and I agree. They're I feel like Arkham Origins, back to that, was the worst offender of that. Uh, You know what? Yeah, you're probably right. But I, I also feel like all three of those games in particular like have really empty open worlds, and it's not yeah. really like for any real purpose. Like, I guess it is narratively for city and, um, uh, Oh my God. Night. Cause, yeah. Cause for, for, for city, you were in Arkham city. It was, yeah. uh, it was a super prison pretty much. Mm-hmm. It was a part of the city that had been demolished and was made into a super prison. So of course you're only going to find fucking criminals run, running the street. You're in a fucking prison. In yeah. Arkham Knight, they tell you at the beginning of the game that the entire city has been evacuated. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So um, they get those. You're explaining it. Yeah, yeah. They they give explanations for it, but it also just kind of like. Uh, but Arkham Origins gave no explanation to why it was as empty as it was. <laughs> it was just empty. Uh, doesn't it all take place on one night though? Like it's all on Christmas Eve or some shit like that. So like it makes yeah. a bit more sense. I guess. But I, that's me just defending it because I like that game. <laughs> Stop defending it. I know, right? It has its problems. Yeah. It's a good uh, game, no, but it has its problems. It for sure has its problems. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So I guess that kind of, I mean, wraps up most of what we're going to talk about with Spider-Man. I mean, do you have any thoughts uh, on it or uh, mm. what you would like to see in like the next two games? I would like to see I would like to see the combat system fleshed out a little bit more than what we got. Um, yeah. I would like to see the skill system a little more um I would like to see the skill system a little more impactful than what what I felt like it was. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and definitely 
Dear God, don't give me the same fucking suits to unlock, please. (laughs) Yeah, I feel on that. But honestly, I don't know how they're going to top it because they have bomb ass fucking suits in that game. Yeah, I agree. Like the the don't get me wrong. I, I think the I think the MCU version of the Iron Spider suit, I think it looks incredible. While I still think it also looks stupid at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the, I like that they included both the MCU version and the original comic version of the Iron Spider. I thought that was really fucking cool. Um, I've never used the comic book version because I've never played the DLC before. I do have it and I am, I do plan to play it. So I guess I can't really talk about DLC cause I actually haven't played it. Yeah, I uh, haven't either. But uh, what else? Um, I would like to see some more of Spider-Man's more iconic rogue gallery. Like, that's kind of a uh, – god damn it. I keep drawing comparisons to Arkham, but I can't fucking help it when they're almost the same damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> this Spider-Man was better. Um, I they, – they just – they rinsed and repeated a lot of the same villains over and fucking over. And that's not something I want to see Insomniac do. I want I want to see an almost completely different rogue gallery from what we got because there are still some amazing Spider-Man villains they could pull from. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, just just naming off a few off the top of my head, we have we have Venom and Green Goblin, which I think they very clearly alluded to at the post-credit sequence. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, at least one, if not both. Um, I think Sandman would be really cool. He was kind of hinted at in the game. Um, one of the backpacks you you pick up along the city has a little file in it that when you click on it on the in the sub menu, uh, Peter's like, you know, I don't know if opening this would release Sandman, but I better not find out or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, Mysterio would be cool. The lizard would be cool. Um, he's called the lizard, right? Pretty sure he's just called the lizard. That's a uh, yeah name, but I'm pretty no, sure. I think you're right. Um. I would like to see who else I, I said Mysterio. I'd like to see like even even Hydro Man would be fucking cool to me. I think that has potential to be a really cool fucking boss fight because mm-hmm. he was pretty prominent in the animated series from the late 90s. Yeah. Um, more be. Oh, dude. Oh, please give me Craven the fucking hunter. That would be so cool. <laughs> that would be so fucking cool. I'm just saying if they casted Craven the hunter as if they casted Jason Momoa as Craven the Hunter in an MCU Spider-Man movie, I wouldn't be upset. I mean, I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't think a lot of people would be upset with that, to be honest with you. I think that'd be uh, fucking Morbius would be tight as long as it doesn't look like Jared fucking Leto. Oh, that's something that really isn't. Uh, I, this was something that um, I was going to bring up in the news section last week before we decided we weren't going to do the news. It really kind of annoys me that, uh, they recasted the face of Peter to make it. They they said they wanted. I, I don't remember what their exact fucking reasoning was, but it looks like knockoff Tom Holland. It does, and I I think it looks really bad, and I don't I, think that that face fits the voice at all. Yeah, no, and that that's what they said they they were doing. They were trying to like get it uh, to look closer to uh, Yuri's voice or whatever. And yeah, I I think they ended up doing the opposite. Yeah, I agree because your Yuri's voice is 
perfect for I I think for what they had like mm-hmm. absolutely and I that is kind of disappointing that that's the version we're going to be seeing in Miles Morales yes so but whatever I guess but uh, since we're wrapping up the discussion if you had to give the game a rating on a scale of one to ten what would you give it uh probably a nine like a, a solid nine I don't yeah, think that I, I was thinking a nine or nine point five. Yeah, it, it's got uh, some things that hold it back from being a perfect 10, but it, it's almost there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even though we literally had a whole episode talking shit about rating systems. But <laughs> <laughs> here, we here we are, I guess, uh, sticking to YouTube tropes. Yep. Uh, cool. All right. So let's um, let's go ahead and move on to what we've been playing. Oh, yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about Melody of Memories because that just came out, right? Um, it's not the full game. It's the demo. Oh, okay. Okay. It's the demo and I fucking hate it. That's it. <laughs> it's bad. It's not fun. It's, <laughs> it's probably the most boring rhythm game I've ever played. Oh, it comes out. Oh, it comes out. Uh, the day after the, that's weird. That's a fucking Wednesday release date. Yeah, dude, Kingdom Hearts release dates are weird. Uh, anyway, Pretty sure uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 came out on a Wednesday, too. That's fucking weird. But So I, it's, a, it's a rhythm game, right? Yeah, it's a rhythm game set to different Kingdom Hearts soundtracks and even different Disney soundtracks. And I swear to fucking God, if Let It Go by Frozen is in that goddamn game, I'm going to lose my fucking brain. But the fucked up part is I know that it is because they went out of their way to do a Kingdom Hearts themed music video in Kingdom Hearts 3 for that goddamn song. So I know it's <laughs> fucking there. I don't care. I I had the game pre-ordered and I'm not going to lie, I canceled my pre-order. Oh gosh. I'm not paying 60 bucks for that. I'll, it's a Kingdom Hearts game. I'll wait 3 months and it'll be $20 on sale. So yeah. I'll fucking wait. Or it'll come to Game Pass for free. Yeah. Um but I just <sighs> I get what they were going for. Well, no, uh, no, fuck that. I'm not going to defend them. I don't understand what they were going for. That was a terrible idea. Yeah, I've I've always never understood. Like they they've done the same thing with Final Fantasy, and I uh, like I don't. They did it with Persona too. Yeah, per- Persona. I feel like that's a weird universe anyway, because like uh, Atlas has all these weird mini games in there, and it fits Persona a little bit more. I think. Yeah, but like it doesn't fit fucking kingdom hearts or final fantasy at all no but i I don't know um well i meant to type this down but i'll just remember it when we get to the new section there's some other uh well i guess i could just fucking say it now it doesn't matter nothing matters anymore with this stupid series (laughs) they don't know what they're doing um the only thing kingdom hearts game kingdom hearts related that i'm even kind of stoked about is the fact that the developer for the franchise uh, did an interview yesterday, mm-hmm. and he said that there is a big announcement for Kingdom Heart for Switch fans uh, for Kingdom Hearts coming soon. So, okay, that means one of two things. That means a they're porting the franchise to the Switch. I don't know if they're just going to do what they did on PS4 earlier this year and release the all-in-one bundle that I think retailed for 50 fucking dollars, which for that many games, that's a steal. I think originally it was a lot more expensive. No, it was retailed for $50. Are you sure? 
Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure I got it on sale last Black Friday on the on the PS4 shop for like, I think it was like 80 bucks and it was on sale. So they, when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, uh, like six months after Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, they did a digital all-in-one bundle and that was $100. Okay. And then the, earlier this year, they did a physical all-in-one bundle that was $50. Uh, that makes a little bit more sense. Okay. Yeah. So it's Kingdom Hearts. Those games don't maintain their value at all. Um, <laughs> but so that's exciting. Or, or we could be getting Sora and Smash, which I've been asking for since day one. Yeah, they could definitely be doing that. But honestly, I could see them doing both at the same time because then again, I don't know. They put fucking Joker in Smash, and there's not a single fucking Persona game on the Switch. So who fucking knows what? Nintendo's doing. Nobody knows. They don't even know. They think of that shit as a day by day basis. I'm convinced. Yeah. Like how they fucking announced Mario 3D All Stars two weeks before they released that bitch. Right. They don't know what they're doing. But well, speaking of Super Mario 3D All Stars, I've been playing Super Mario 3D All Stars. Oh. Uh, spe- su- s- specifically, God, I almost got caught up on that word. The, specifically? Um, yeah. Specifically, Super Mario 64, uh, which, believe it or not, I've only played maybe a handful of times, I've and I've never gone any farther than, like, maybe the first or second level. It handles, like, shit on the Switch, doesn't it? Uh, so... Oh, no, you're going to go, go a lot more in depth when I go with Haiti. So I, I want to keep this relatively brief because I've okay. only played it a little bit. I like 64. Mm-hmm. I bought this package specifically so I could play Sunshine and uh, Galaxy. Okay. Galaxy, I've never been able to play before. I've never played uh, it either. I've heard that it is the best Mario game or at, at least the best 3d Mario game. So I, I've always wanted to play it. Uh, I love sunshine and I cannot wait to get to it, but I wanted to go through and, and play the games, um, more like chronologically, I guess is the way to put it. Mm-hmm. So I started with 64 and I've gotten through the first two or three levels and I don't have anything necessarily bad to say about Super Mario 64, the game, but I do have some bad stuff to say about this package. I agree. It baffles me. It straight up fucking baffles me that they didn't do anything to sort of modernize these ports. Super Mario 64, again, which is the one that I've been playing. I haven't played the other two yet, so I can't speak definitively to the whole thing. But 64, you can kind of control the camera, sort of, Mm -hmm. but it controls the way that it did on the N64. You couldn't have updated this to control better where I can have the fucking camera kind of go around me the way that it does in the other um, like modern day 3D Mario titles. You couldn't have done that like you or even if you wanted to, you could have stuck the fucking 3DS port of this game in here. I'm sure it's not that hard to port (coughs) over 
that had better <laughs> graphics. It had better controls from what I understand. Like it did. It absolutely fucking did. I, I don't understand. Like th- they basically just took a gussied up, like fucking Wii version of Mario 64 and threw it in and said, here you go. Mm-hmm. Like and they and they didn't touch the other two games from what I understand except for like mild upressing of the textures and like that's fine if that's what you're gonna do but you're charging sixty bucks for this and you're basically not fucking touching them like come on man yeah I I think that. <sighs> As cool as it was of a bundle, I think was it, it was extremely fucking lazy on Nintendo's part. It was an extremely lazy, guaranteed fucking cash grab. Yeah. And I... I don't know. I haven't touched it anymore. I'm not going <laughs> to I, I mean, I love these games. Oh, well, I say I love these games. I love Mario as a character, and I love the old Marios. So I'm going to continue to play through these because I want to go through and experience 64 because I've never really gone through it all the way. Yeah. I want to experience, you know, Sunshine again. And I also want to experience what is considered the best modern day 3D Zelda game in Galaxy. So I'm going to keep playing through it, but it just kind of pisses me off that they threw this out there and said, here you go. Take what we give you. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably not gonna play the game anymore. I'm kind of done with it. I'm probably gonna wait till it gets vaulted and then sell it for as much as I can. I mean, that's totally fair. Honestly, that's kind of what I bought it for in the first place. So it's whatever. Yeah, for sure. Uh, tell me about Xenoblade Two because that's the other game you've been playing. Oh, bro. Um. Well. It's a very confusing game to fucking talk about, um, but it's it's really good, dude. That's I I'm getting back into it after taking a little fuck, dude. I say a little. Um, it's been a long fucking hiatus. I started playing that game back in March and then didn't touch it again until today. Jesus. Um, but it's really good. It's one of the most refreshing JRPGs that I've played in a long time. Um, the combat system is really unique, whereas uh, the combat system is entirely autopilot, um, but you have corresponding buttons to use, like, special attacks and shit like that. But as far as just, like, your normal, like, just sword, sword slash, it's all completely auto. You don't do anything. Um, oh, damn. So that kind of... On one hand, it takes away from the immersion, but on the other hand, it makes grinding a hell of a lot fucking easier. Mm, um, okay. Because Z, you will grind in Xenoblade. You have. Yeah, yeah. You fucking have to. If you don't, you're not going to have a good fucking time. Um, I think the level scaling is kind of fucking weird in the game. Like the area that I'm at, like I'm like level 25 and I leave the town to go to the next town that I'm supposed to go to. And there's like a level 99 fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex looking fucking thing. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Why is this here? Why? Why is it? Why is this blocking my way? What am I supposed to do? But I mean, there are ways around it. But uh, yeah, it was all fun and games when I found the way around it. Until there was another level ninety nine fucking demonic eagle fucking thing that comes down and kills me in one hit. Um, 
so the level scaling is weird. The story's really cool. Um but you're gonna want to change that audio because that dub is <laughs> god fucking awful. Oh, it's so bad. I don't know what the fuck Nintendo I don't know who the developer the studio that did the voice acting, I don't know what the fuck they thought green lighting that 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 dub. I don't know what was going through their minds. I don't know if they thought it actually sounded good, but holy shit. Whoever listened to that dub track and was like, nope, this is good. They're a fucking idiot. <laughs> because that shit... Dude, you think Digimon Adventure dub is rough? Play fucking Xenoblade 2 dub. <laughs> You'll change your opinion real goddamn quick. That shit is rough. Um, God, I feel like I've only been talking shit about things right? tonight. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good game, though. Uh, I've got probably 10 hours on it, and... From what I know, it's like 60 hours long. It's a typical JRPG. It's 60 hours long, and you kill what's basically gone. So. Okay. What's a JRPG if you don't kill the game's equivalent to God? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? Name one JRPG that's not like that. I mean, they're few and far in between. <laughs> you fucking can't. Maybe Pokemon, yeah, maybe. Right. That's about it. But it's good. The Xenoblade franchise is really cool. Um, I appreciate that Nintendo totally could have put microtransactions in this game and didn't. Yeah. I think it's really fucking cool of them. Um, so there, I think I've explained it probably 13 episodes ago. Um, but there, there's a system called the Blade System. And basically you get these crystals and you, uh, you open the crystal up and you get a blade, which is kind of a partner that attacks with you yeah um and gives you different weapons and different abilities and stuff the blades can be anything from a mechanical tiger to a anime chick with obnoxiously huge titties it doesn't it's no in between there it's japan nobody cares but uh they could have totally they could have totally put microtransactions in there and they didn't and i really appreciate that but then again if you buy the season pass you get so many of them that it doesn't even fucking matter mm, okay so but good game. Check it out. Unfortunately, it's still 60 bucks. but yeah, I think the shit's been out for as long as the Switch has been out, and it's still $60. Yeah, but it is. It's a Nintendo first party, so what do you expect? Yep. So. What do you expect, sir? That's it for me, G. Cool. Uh, well. God, this is weird without Dylan. Yeah, right. Right? Like, I'm not the only one thinking <laughs> that. This is odd. Uh, well. I wonder what he's doing right done. Uh, so the last game on our list, uh, the one that I've been playing and I talked to you guys about this yesterday, Mm -hmm. uh, is Hades. So this is from Supergiant Games, the guys who made Transistor and Bastion, which I think are both really great. Um, I haven't sunk enough time into it to really have like full fledged thoughts on it. So I feel that. it's going to be something that uh, I'll probably bring up again next week. Okay. But it's a roguelite RPG <clears throat> where you play as uh, Z- Zagreus, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the son of Hades. And basically the whole game, what you're trying to do is you're trying to escape hell and your father, or well, I shouldn't say hell the underworld and, and your father who is Hades and you're trying to get up to Mount Olympus with the other, you know, Greek gods. And so 
as is the case with any roguelite, basically it's a run-based game. So you're going to try your best to get through as much of the game as possible in a given run, and then you take the knowledge and the skills that you gain from that run back to your next run, and so on until you beat the game. I feel that. Uh, And so I don't particularly like most of those games because uh, I kind of start to feel like I'm just beating my head against a wall and it annoys me. (laughs) But uh, Hades just feels different, I feel like. The combat is really, really fun and like I said, I haven't gotten really far into it, so I don't know like all the different combinations, but like at the beginning of each run you're visited by one of the gods from Olympus and they give you access to a power. And then like you can take that power and like upgrade it through the rest of your run. And some of the powers are, are really cool and really fun. And they, they actually give you like, so like Zeus, his little thing is like thunder, obviously. Yeah. They, they give you like three separate things that you can do with the thunder ability where like you can add like damage to your dash attacks or your range attacks actually have like a wider cone of influence and or not influence. I don't know why the fuck I said that. Okay. Anyway, but but like each of the, the gods adds like a little extra like wrinkle to the gameplay and it's randomized mm. each run. Hmm. But. Uh, the game is gorgeous. Like, I think it looks really, really beautiful. It's kind of got a, I I don't want to say hand drawn or hand painted aesthetic, but it's, it, it kind of feels like that. It's very similar and the music is great and the voice acting is superb. Like it's very, very good. The guy who does, uh, I, I think I'm butchering this Zagreus. I think he's really great. And the guy who does Hades is really, really great. So, um, but yeah, I, so far I'm really enjoying it. I need to have more time with it before I can kind of like get final thoughts or whatever, but, yeah, uh, it's only 25 bucks. I think it's worth the 25 bucks from what little I've played with it. Cool. I might have to check it out. I'm not, I'm not too big of a fan of roguelikes, but, uh, I'll, I'll I'll give it a give it a good old fashioned whirl. Yeah, get give it the college try or whatever. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, all right. So we both brought some news to the table. Um, mine's going to be really brief. I just thought that this was uh. Yeah, mine's going to be of, pretty brief too. Cool. Um, so mine is basically just a bunch of dead by daylight news, and it all happened within the last couple of days. They okay. finally announced their. Halloween event. It's called the Eternal Blight event. And basically, they're going to have some uh, cosmetic stuff that will be for uh, certain killers and certain survivors. Oh, excuse me. Um, but they they gave a little like teaser that was like really fucking gruesome. And I really liked it. Um, and I think they are going to do some other stuff like they're probably uh i don't know if they're doing their blood hunt like they used to for all the uh uh the events that they had where like they would give you like double blood points and shit like that but either way it looks 
kind of cool, and I'm excited about that. Hell yeah. The, the other stuff that they gave, uh, they alluded to was that they are um, Tone 5, uh, which basically that's their their season. Tome 5 is coming soon. They didn't give an actual date, I don't think, uh, but it should be coming probably, I would think, pro- uh, probably around the time that uh, the Halloween event is ending because it's usually about every three months that they do a, a new tome and a new rift and everything. Cool. And then the last thing was they finally gave word on their cross progression. Uh, they've had cross play open for, I think two months now between all platforms. Um, and they, at the time when they announced it, they were like, okay, you're also going to, we're also working on cross progression and we'll have more on that later. As of right now, uh, it is, only going to be available for Steam, the the Steam version and the Google Stadia version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, you are going to make your own... Um, uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Uh, oh, uh, behavior, which is the developer. Uh, you're going to make your own like behavior account, and then that's going to link the two. Kind of the way that you do with most of the other games that are like cross-progression or whatever. Yeah. Um, so right now they've got it working on Stadia and uh, Steam, but it's also supposed to be coming to uh, Switch sometime within by the end of the year, uh, I think, is what Ooh. they had initially, initially announced. So that's cool. And um, that'll be fucking great whenever they finally do that. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that they are working on the Xbox and PlayStation versions also. Because, yeah. Um, that's where I started playing. That's where I started like to fall in love with the game. So anyway, yeah, super short news for me, but I just thought it was, I, I mean, I play this game and I know that you play this game and I thought mm-hmm. it would be um, beneficial to just cool. talk about it. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm that's very all cool. really cool fucking shit that they're doing. So hopefully everything goes good. Yeah, here's hopefully we get Xbox soon because that would be fucking great. Yeah, for real. Spend all that time on Xbox and not be able to carry things over. Yeah, starting over on PC was difficult. <laughs> yeah. But. Um. All right, cool. Well, how about you tell me about Crown Tundra? Cool. So. The Crown Tundra releases sometime Thursday. Uh, they're going for a worldwide time period, so we don't exactly know when that's going to be. Okay. Um, I think from what we know, uh, U.S. players will get the update to that'll actually unlock the expansion. Um, I think sometime around ten or ten thirty at night. Okay. So that's a really weird fucking time because that's why I was confused. Um, because there were some trailers saying the 22nd and there were some trailers saying the 23rd. Oh, uh, okay. At the end of the day, both are actually right. Because yeah. it'll, it for us, it is coming out on the 22nd, but for like Japan, it's technically coming out on the 23rd. Okay. Um, so that's really fucking cool. Um, I'm excited to fucking play it. There's been some new information that's trickled out over the last couple of days that 
it's a good thing, but it's also not a good thing. Um, and that is the fact that uh, I know we last when we talked about the Crown Tundra and gave our little news spiel about it, um, we had brought up the new feature called the Dynamax Adventure. We now know that the legendary Pokemon encountered in the Dynamax Adventure actually have a 100% catch rate. Oh, shit. And that leads me to believe one thing, that they're going to be really fucking hard. That's the only reason they would do that is if they're going to be really fucking hard. Um, It also makes sense now that we know that you are actually not going to be able to bring your own Pokemon into the Dynamax Adventure Raids. Uh, There's a rental service. You use rental Pokemon. You do not use your own. You use a list out of like six, I think, that you you pick one of the six to carry you through the entire thing. So, oh, God. Um, We'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm really fucking stoked for it. I think the Crown Tundra looks like it's going to be definitely the better of the two expansions. Um, With the Crown Tundra, uh, we... We've already gotten the data mine. We know every Pokemon that's going to be available in the Crown Tundra with the likes of fan favorites of uh, Dragonite, uh, Metagross, Garchomp. All the legendaries are coming back. A handful of mythicals. And the uh, Gen 3 starters are going to make a return. So we're going to trying to see. And, dude, this is so stupid. Um <laughs> I read the most ridiculous fucking theory that sounds like so much of a reach that it might actually be plausible. So everybody wants Diamond and Pearl remakes. That's what we've been asking for for fucking four or five years at this point. Um, The Crown Tundra is based off of the fact that in the UK, uh, for the royal family and like ceremonies and stuff like that, they have what are called the Crown Jewels. And they are some of the most pristine, beautiful, and expensive jewels, uh, like uh, jewelry pieces that exist in the fucking world. Um, the One of them, it's the crown of something that I'm not going to try to remember because I have no fucking <laughs> um, It is embedded with emeralds, rubies, sapphires, diamonds, and pearls. Oh, Lord. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, see what I'm doing? Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald for the Gen 3 starters coming back. Diamond and Pearl remakes confirmed. Is that what we're hearing? Is that what's happening? <laughs> Probably not because it's Nintendo and they don't know what the <laughs> fuck they're doing anymore. I'm convinced. Um, but Crown Tundra looks cool. I, From what I saw, too, I don't know if this is real or not, but I saw it today. Um, apparently, the shiny versions of the new Galarian birds have leaked. And the shiny versions are actually uh, homages to the original forms. They have the original form color scheme, but they're still the Galarian forms. Oh. And I thought that that was real. I don't know if that's real or not. Um, I haven't dug too deep into that. But as far as the Crown Tundra goes, I'm fucking excited. And I'm going to play the shit out of it. And that's it, man. That it. I don't know how I feel about that Dynamax thing, though. I that's gonna uh, that's not gonna be fun. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna have to get all the fucking homies together one night, and we're all just gonna have to grind through that shit. Yeah, because I feel like that's the only way you're gonna be able to fucking do it. It also, the last trailer they released also 
leads me to theorize that the Galarian birds will actually be roaming around the crown tundra. Oh, that like kind of like the uh, the dogs in silver. Yes. Gold? Okay. Yeah, they'll be roaming because from what we've seen in the last trailer, there were different shots of the player moving through different areas of the crown tundra, and it's almost like they were chasing the the Galarian Articuno. So okay. we're like, what if this is a roaming, but it's actually an overworld roaming encounter? Okay. That I think that would be really cool. As of right now, there are no updates as to if certain legendary Pokemon will be version exclusive. We don't know if the new Regis will be version exclusive. It's Nintendo, and they want to make as much money possible, so I have to imagine that they will be. But okay. at the end of the day, we'll see. We'll, yeah. we'll see in 48 hours, so... <laughs> for sure it's coming soon all right that wraps it up for that topic yeah so let's uh let's get on our picks of the week and get out of here cool cool, um, cool. mine is spider-man into the spider-verse uh to tie into the fantastic movie episode yeah i i mean honestly i don't have a whole lot of things to say about it other you know that haven't been said before it was my favorite movie of 2018 alongside my favorite game of 2018 so that yeah that was kind of funny uh but it is it really your favorite movie of 2018 yeah dude i mean it was very it's a good movie i yeah i can't i honestly couldn't say enough about it like the cinematography of that movie alone is impeccable yes i i agree so hard with that Um, i i watched a whole uh interview about how they did some of the frames for that movie. And uh, being the cinephile that you are, I'm sure this is not fucking news to you. <laughs> um, I thought it was really interesting how every other character of the mo- in the movie was animated at 60 frames per second, mm. while Miles Morales was animated at less than 30 frames per second. But it gets better. He gets a higher frame rate as the movie progresses. Yeah to show that he's learning how to be Spider-Man and he's becoming more graceful and like in like his web swinging and his fighting and stuff like that. And I think that's fucking dope. I think that is really fucking cool. I agree. I love the movie. Madison loved the movie. Josie fucking adores that movie. She thinks it's so cool. Dude, it is so good. It it was fantastic. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, fuck there there's not much i can say like i said that hasn't already been said it's beautiful to look at it's a really really heartwarming or well not necessarily heartwarming but like it it tugs on the heartstrings yeah absolutely uh the story and um yeah i love it go check it out it's great on uh netflix also uh, the soundtrack for that movie was complete fire uh, I think the score is really good. I don't like the soundtrack all that much, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah. Like Dude, the, fucking the Sunflower. But yeah. I, stop it. That's whatever. a great song and stop it's, it. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> don't even try to shit talk that. Yeah. I will not stand for it, sir. All right. You and your Post Malone love. Tell me about whatever the fuck it is that you've got written down. It's because I look as dirty as he is. That's why I love him. That sounds about right. You know how many people have told me that I look like him? And I'm like, you're calling me dirty. Fuck off. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my face. Uh, but, uh, no, um, my pick of the week is a singer 
or entertainer. Uh, I'm oh, just okay. Say her. Um, her name is Emily, and okay. she does uh, English anime intro covers. Oh, and I think that's super cringy. I think ninety percent of the time that is the most cringiest fucking shit. Mm. However, she does such a good job at taking these songs and almost making and almost remixing them to the point where. You recognize them, but they sound more original. Like she puts her own kind of spin on every song that she does. Okay. Um, she's done every song from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. She's done every song from My Hero. Uh, she did the theme song for Evangelion, which was amazing because that's the greatest anime that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's tell me that that is not the most iconic anime opening. Uh, it's up there. It's definitely up there. Uh, so good. So fucking good. Um, but yeah, she's really cool. Uh, I, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy that kind of stuff. Like I said, I think, I think anime, uh, covers are typically some of the cringiest shit on the fucking internet, but when they're done right, they come out really cool. So definitely check that out. And that's my pick of the week. Awesome. Well, that's it for us. That's our show. Uh, Thank God. I'm tired as fuck. Yeah, this is our quickest episode ever. And probably because we didn't have a third person. You're fired, Dylan. We didn't have Dylan interrupting with all this bullshit. <laughs> he's he's going to hear this and be like, fuck you guys. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. You were missed. Not not a lot, but not enough. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Uh, so you can find us on all the social media things, blah, blah, blah. Uh, our podcast Twitter is at pixels hunting. Our Instagram is at hunting underscore pixels CB. You can find me on Twitter at the bebop man, wait two and Instagram at bebop man, one eight two Dylan, who is not here to speak for himself is at OM dizzy on Instagram and Twitter. Austin. God damn you. I hate saying this every time. <laughs> Your Twitter is at Kakashi six nine zero, spelled just like the the. Is he a rapper? I don't. Know. He's a terrible rapper. I I wouldn't even call that a rap, but pedophile is the best word to use. I think that yeah, that's probably about right. <laughs> uh, and your Instagram is at Big Papa Stevens underscore. Yes, and I also have a gaming Instagram set up that has no oh, posts shit. yet. But it is uh, Big Papa Plays, which is the same as my YouTube channel that has no content yet. And I know I said I was going to record after this podcast, but that's not fucking happening because I'm tired as hell. <laughs> hopefully by the time you guys hear or hopefully by the time any of the three people that listen to this episode hear this, uh, there will be an episode up. But honestly, don't fucking count on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty lazy this week. Yeah, I am. um also, bear in mind, I'm working every fucking day until Thanksgiving, so yeah, it's going to be kind of hard for me to push it out. These are going to be some fun episodes to oh, record. God, I'm going to be so tired, right, all the time. All right. Um, one thing. Also, uh, Dylan has a YouTube channel. His is uh, I, I keep forgetting. Is it OM Dizzy or is it OM Dizzy TV? <sighs> I think it's just OM Dizzy. Let me look. I think it is too, but I just want uh, to... It might be TV. I don't know. Um, no, I'm it's not... just OM Dizzy. Okay. Uh, oh, you found and... that a hell of a lot quicker than I did. Yeah, he has some new Pokemon Shield Let's Plays up. Oh, um, 
Yeah, he just uploaded one yesterday, and um, I guess I'll go watch it. <laughs> oh, he's got that going on. Uh, I'm working on a script for uh, my YouTube channel, or I, I guess it'll eventually be our YouTube channel, sort of, kind of. Uh, something Pop. like that. Yeah, um, the script is almost finished, and then I'll start uh, working on filming and editing stuff together. So, fun times. Go check that out. Uh, yeah, but we're going to get out of here so Austin can get some sleep. Thank fucking um, God. Yeah. So, for Austin and Dylan, I am your host, the Bebop Man. Goodbye.